ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 129 of the MTB podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jared. I'm Liam. And I'm Trevor. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Trevor is back again. Jeff is in Austria, snowboarding or something like that. Australia? I thought yeah. it was somewhere there. Put another shrimp on the bobby, eh, mate? <laughs> <laughs> the real ones he's know in, where that's He's in from. Austria right now? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Snowboarding. Didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Jet setting guy, you know that he's one. All, he's a he is Mr. Worldwide. That's he for is. sure. Well, he does like two good skiing trips a year. He did one in where was he? Park City and uh, Zermatt last year, I think. But this year, oh, where'd he go? Somewhere in Austria. You're all stoked on something where he went the other week. Uh forgot. Oh, he went to Jackson Hole. Jackson. He's going to Jackson. And yeah, then, he went to Jackson Hole, uh, and yeah, now he's in Austria. Austria. Back to back bangers. What a guy of ski trips. Well. So we got so, Trevor in, and yep. this is going to be an even better podcast because we don't have Jeff here. <laughs> That's right. I said it. So, so we're Jeff. talking about bikes today. Let's talk about it. Um, we'll start off. Well, you know, in this episode, we're going to talk about bikes and rides we've been enjoying lately, uh, gaining confidence in new tires. A lot of tire talk, Liam. I know you love tires. Um, this, this might be a tire-heavy podcast. <laughs> tire-heavy. Uh, tire widths, preferences, converting a full 27.5 bike to mullet. Kashima coated pans and cookware and much, much more. Man, so much more. Getting tired just thinking about that. I know. Just delivering what people have come to expect from this amazing podcast. Speaking of amazing, Zach's words of wisdom, just be 1% better. It's a pretty good rule to live by. I mean, do one do something 1% better every day. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's some gains right there. That's right. One more push up, ride one more mile. Eat one more cheese. Well, if you only do 10 push-ups, one more push-up's 10% better. So That's right. Wow. Those are huge gains. Quick maths. <laughs> Quick maths. Uh, speaking of maths, this fun fact, the longest bicycle is 47 and a half meters, 155.8, no, 155 feet, eight inches long, and was ridden in Australia in November of 2020. Austria or Australia? <laughs> so, that's Australia. <laughs> okay. Hundred okay, let's think hundred and fifty five feet. Hundred and fifty five foot bicycle yeah. or forty seven and a half meters. That's half a football field. That's crazy. How does that work? What size tires were Yeah, I'm on? curious that's to see a good question. what tires he was running on that. Yeah. Was it like like a penny farthing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that right? would be nuts. Well, it's a Guinness Book of World Records record, so I'm sure we could look it up and like see the video of the guy riding it and yeah. You know. It's impressive. I want to see how far he could ride that and if he could balance on that. Talk right. about long, low, and slack, baby. Yeah. Right? Because I'm sure there like has to be some sort of like defined distance you have to ride, or like you know it has to probably be two wheels and like like a bicycle, right? There's got to be some symmetry there. Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe it's mullet. Maybe it's twenty nine. Or who knows? Good for him, man. Yeah, it's penny farling. Penny farling. Penny farling. That's penny the farthing? one with the huge front wheel, right? Massive mullet. Yeah. Massive OG. Yeah. OG mullet. <laughs> OG mullet. What you know? What you know about that? Yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever rode one of those? No. No. Have you? No. I saw there's like um, a mountain bike penny farthing or something like that. Uh, then like Seth's bike hacks get one of I those. I think or uh, like that. Jeff had said he rode like a rode one. I don't know. Yeah. dangerous yeah. you can see why uh you know they don't make them anymore a lot of otbs yeah, back in the day I'd, i would uh i'd be scared about just tipping over you're so high off the ground the, and, yeah the best was the jackass crew ro- like trying to jump a snowbank but they just hit a snowbank <laughs> and just flip just end up so hard yeah that's amazing that's pretty good well speaking of bikes bikes and rides we've been enjoying lately liam i know you're kind of gearing up for something what have you been riding um i've actually been riding well I guess my XC bike probably yeah. the most. 
the ranger rebel, rebel ranger rebel ranger uh yeah just riding that a lot good xc rides road bike gravel bike same thing yeah you did but like a banger a bit, the other day huh um yeah i did like two back-to-back four-hour days on the weekend but nice Dude, you've been getting after it trying to be honest trying to get some some gains yeah gains just putting in yeah. the miles yeah yeah just one percent more just one percent more yeah. every day you know yeah. just yeah. like weaver yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, well, you're, you're consistent, and it should pay off in dividends. Hopefully, when uh, it comes yeah, time to race. I'm hoping not just to get embarrassed at some of the races I signed up for <laughs> this year. If I'm being honest, yeah. it's like my motivation is like, I don't care how I do. It's just as long as I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> if anything, it's like it'll give you good confidence going into the race, right? Yeah, you know you've done the work, you're prepared. Then you're not going to be stressing about. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or can I do these many miles? Like you know, you can already. It's like it's a matter of can you perform on the day. Yeah, and being consistent helps you perform consistently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't care how I do it, any of the races. Like, as an overall perspective, I have a job. I don't need to do the races. I'm just like, want to give her a, another good go. And, you know, mm-hmm. before you hang it up. Yeah, I'm getting old, man. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, no, yeah, you're I'm, just, right. I'm just kidding. No. That's no. good, though. But, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it is good to know like your fitness level and where you, where you stand and like going into a race. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, last year I didn't fully know. And I went like 10 minutes faster for my Downeyville XC time than I thought that I could. So that kind of like sparked a bit of fire in me. I was like, Oh, I went 10 minutes faster. Nice. I wonder if I got a faster bike and train a little better. And could I go another five minutes faster than that? Mm. 10 minutes faster than that? Mm. I don't know. There you so go. a little yeah. more strategy too, you know? Uh, a little more tire puzzling. I know you said you were on uh, a different tire setup. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about tires in a minute. Let's talk about Trevor's bikes and rides. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've been a pretty good weekend warrior lately. It just uh, days are short right now, so get off work and it's dark. So I've uh, been working out during the week, and then honestly, I've been riding e-bikes uh, in the uh, on the weekends. I've been riding the Crestline RS seventy five fifty. It's been pretty fun. Um, some trails close to my house are pretty rough and gnarly and it's kind of the perfect bike for that and big steep climbs, technical climb or just a big long steep climb. So um it's nice to do it on the e-bike and push on the downhill and yeah, I've been having a ton of fun doing that lately. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's good it's a good zone two workout. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the classic e-bike tagline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It replaces my base miles. I mean yeah. And when I'm going up the hill, I'm, I'm really not even trying. Yeah. Like I could be staring at my phone the whole time. It's just going up a fire road. Um, but on the downhill, I'm pushing really hard and I'm getting a pretty solid workout on that. So. Yeah. Nice. doesn't replace actual riding, but I'm having fun doing it. So it's a good time. I mean, it just depends what you want. You're getting in yeah. tons of downhill laps and like, yeah. you know, getting comfy on that. So mm-hmm. if that's what your goal is, like e-bikes are sick for that. Yep. Super sick. Yep. Yeah. Well, you drive. Take it I feel you. I've been kind of spreading the love around a little bit, you know, a little bit of gravel, a little bit of hardtail, you know, riding the Druid. I just put those Vittoria Maza, Maza. Enduro Race tires on there, and they're super good. Big, on, fat, sticky rubber. Yeah, big, fat, sticky rubber. Super good on the gnarly stuff, like on suicide, and mm-hmm. was riding them up in the mountains uh, last weekend, and uh, yeah. So oh, yeah, you, you shuttle some, mm-hmm. some backside? Mm-hmm. How yeah. Was solo? So, yeah, she's super good Is there yeah. other people up there yeah, a couple other crews up there yeah um just guys shuttling and you know maybe like two other shuttles going like that but uh trailer yeah the conditions were absolutely insane yeah nice. Perfect. i will say it's it's been raining a bit at home so down in southern california so the dirt has been yeah. primo and it's been uh, fun to take advantage of some pretty good conditions that we rarely don't get so totally. yeah um, so the hero dirt is insane yeah i've been like 
having a road ride planned and then I wake up and I'm like, I can't ride road bike today. <laughs> no way, man. I have to go ride the XC bike for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. It's just, it's too fun. It. I can't do it. It's rare to get those conditions. Yeah. So you got to get after it. It's, and yeah. it's a, it's like a, as sure. a mountain biker, I just can't hop on a road bike when there's hero dirt right next to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, My road totally. bike is collecting dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Um, it's nice because we're getting a little bit like sprinkle here and it dries out and then like it rains again, you know? It's yeah. It like, hasn't been too much rain. Like past couple of years we've been got we've gotten hit super hard with crazy yeah. storms and it's destroyed all the trails and got to rebuild them and um, it's just kind of a process but lately it's been rain a little bit of rain dry a little bit of rain dry so hopefully it stays that way throughout the winter and we'll get uh trails to last all winter and yeah um see how it goes i feel that speaking mm-hmm. of rebuilding trails you guys did a bunch of trail work recently yeah we uh had a big crew go out at uh, rocky peak and we rebuilt one of the uh og trails that we built maybe seven years ago or so um, so that was fun just to get all those done. There's a couple of crews out there that are, have been rebuilding all the stuff and other local stuff here. So been a lot, a lot of trail work in the general area lately and the trails are uh, running pretty good. So, um, yeah, get after it if you can rebuild your local trails and, um, have fun. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to be out there too. If the weather's good and just rain and I really enjoy that. Slap some dirt, crush some bruise. Yeah. With the boys. With the boys. It's pretty fun. Or by yourself. Or by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I did a full solo trail work day in the pissing rain the yeah. other week. Nice. Did you go down Rat Trap like you said you're going to? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Top yeah. to bottom. Nice. I wrote it and I was like, T- this is like really nice. T to B. <laughs> Liam must have been back here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for the soul. Yeah. T to B is yeah. fully wet and I was raining and I was listening to a podcast and I was just like, Yeah like three, four hours straight work. And then I just hiked out. I was like, what do you do? You don't hang out and no. by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> get to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep working. And then, you know, yeah. walked out of there once my hands were tired. And you to, know. Me, to me, there's nothing more satisfying than rebuilding a whole section of trail and then going riding it a couple days later. Yeah, and for sure. It's just like amazing. And you know, it like you did the work to make that happen. And it's just like, it's the most gratifying feeling in the world. Yep. It's a good one. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, when everything you know, it's all super overgrown again. Then we're going to have to all trim it back. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's life though. No, yeah. But you like forget about that, right? Like this whole season, if the trail's running good with like, and then you're like, oh yeah. And like a few months, it's going to be a nightmare. That's why when the trails are running good, you got to just take advantage yeah, of it. If you sure. want to just stay home, oh, I'm going to rest today. Now just go ride. Yeah. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. You will not regret it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very rarely do you go for a ride. Even if you crash, you get a flat tire. You're like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Like, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like every time it's like, yeah, I'm glad I went for that ride. Yep. Nice. For sure. Yeah. Well, speaking around bikes, you said we got some new tools in here to work on bikes. Yeah. That's um, pretty sweet. I got a couple new tools uh, for the shop. We got one today, actually. It was the uh, SRAM Universal Piston Press, um, which is pretty cool tool. It basically normally you take like a brake lever or a soft item to push back the pistons in the brake caliper to um, lube them up or just to, uh, to to spread them out to replace the brake pad. and Your tire lever. Tire lever, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, so the new SRAM universal piston, piston press, it's a hard word to say, <laughs> yeah. um, spreads them out evenly and safely. And, uh, I don't know, it's an awesome tool. I got to use it today and probably put a little video about it on, on it shortly on Instagram. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, pretty excited to use that in the future and have people's brakes working primo as they should. That's nice. 
Yeah, I was so stoked when that came out, and then it took like six months for us to. Yeah, we ordered it like about half a year ago. <laughs> yeah, and I forgot it even came out. Came today, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was exciting. What's that other thing that I saw where you put it in the caliper and it allows you to like cycle individual pistons? You know what I'm talking about? It has like a little cutout for that's one a, or two. That's a 3D printed part. I don't know if that's. Yeah, I mean, you can make it. I've made one yeah. before, like take a Shimano or SRAM bleed block oh, or yeah, whatever and bleed, and bleed block and out. just yeah. get a Dremel and or a file and just file down a quarter of it. Mm-hmm. And then you can place it in the actual caliper, advance a piston so it goes the maximum distance out, um, clean it up, just get all the dirt out of it with like a Q-tip and then push it back in, clean it up. And you you can do that for each individual piston. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, would advise doing that. Pretty sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just don't go too far. Don't go too and, far. And your pistons will fall out and you'll have to fully rebleed your yeah. brake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe maybe don't go all the way or is the max distance because you are running a fine yeah. line of getting brake fluid everywhere. So you have to rebleed it. Man, when it, did I do that here the like not that long ago? I did that too. Yeah. We've no, all done it. Yeah. It's pretty easy to do. So <laughs> yeah. just be careful. I just had like a lag. Like I, I extended them a bit and then I like looked away and looked back and one was like slowly pressing back out. I was like, oh, no, no, no. And then it came out and I was like, oh. Right. Certain calipers you can get yeah. like a, a four mil in and it'll be pretty much the max distance. But again, when you're pushing yeah. the pistons back in, just do it slowly one at a time um, and, or not even one at a time, but just a little bit of yeah. each at one time and um, get them back in and um, just to be safe about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some good good advice right there. Yeah, man. Good break advice. Liam, what are you going to do? Do you need me to give you some advice for your mud fest coming up? If you can, <laughs> could you straighten out my head a little bit? <laughs> um, there's a local gravel race called Rock Cobbler that I'm doing this year. And last year, there's a muddy section. There's rain, a lot of rain last year leading up to it. And this year, it looks like we're going to have supposedly what is called a atmospheric river like the five days before it. So Sick. see how the rain pans out in the next like 10 days. Cause I think it's only 10 days out or so. Um, but there's a pretty muddy sections that cake up really bad mm-hmm. and I'm just tire puzzling hard. I'm <laughs> like, do I go slick for the mud or is the mud only like 10%? So I just like deal with it and go with the tire I want to run, which still has some mud clearance. Yeah, no man. It's, or as soon as, as you get as, mud on the tires, none of it matters because it's all, it all be yeah, well, yeah, a mud tire anyway. <laughs> really, yeah. none of it matters once mud's on it. It's yeah. just like for the other part of the course, mm-hmm. is it like better to have a you know a semi knobby? I'm, I'm not, not going to go bigger than forty five, so I do have some clearance on this bike. But yeah, it's like I got a four three slick forty five tire. I have a forty semi slick. I've got too many tires. I was telling Trevor, I'm like. Be a lot nicer if I was like forced to run a certain brand of tire, and I was like locked into a little bit more than having like seventy options at my fingertips I can order and have here tomorrow. Even if it was worse, <laughs> you're like I'd rather be like pigeonholed into this tire just so I because it is what choices. it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just you just ride what you got, right? Yeah, bring what you bring. But... You know what you should do for the race that I just thought of is you should bring one of those thick. Uh, bristled cassette brushes and just carry it on your pocket so that when you're riding along and there's just mud caked up on your tires, you can just r- brush it along the wheel. That's and a great idea. Instead of using your hands and getting them all muddy, just get an actual brush and just to get it, get the mud off of there so you yeah. can just keep rolling real fast. Well, a lot of people stick paint stirs in their pockets mm. or tape them under their top. Like tape. a stick. Oh. Yeah. And so if you're, even if you're hiking and it's all jammed, you can still just be walking with your bike and like get the mud out from your fork and then yeah. also like scrape the bottom of your feet. Yeah. So that's wow. what usually most people do is a paint stick and then um, it's flat, too. right? Mm-hmm. So you can just like throw it back in your pocket and then dump it at an aid station. Hopefully there's no mud after that. But yeah. wow. um, 
That's a yeah. good idea. I mean, between that and then I'm doing a bunch of Maxxis XC tire testing, everything from an Aspen all the way up to Forecaster and like any tread pattern in between. So I've just got tires up at Ying Ying right now. It's, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> Going a little crazy. Yeah, just a lot of tire testing and tire thinking. And gravel is just like hard because I don't know why tire talk is so big in gravel, but like I guess it is like one of the only variables it's, you can really yeah. change, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have suspension, you don't have like gnarly that much terrain to like deal with stuff. It's just like, okay, how can I roll the fastest? It's here? one variable and it can give you a pretty good advantage yeah. if it's like good conditions, maybe. So um, yeah. over someone else with on the same bike, right? So yep. yeah, yeah, or a disadvantage, right? If you choose the wrong one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think for the mud, the biggest thing is clearance. Like just getting clearance through your bike is going to be the best because, um, like Trevor said, once mud sticks, it's stuck. It doesn't matter how mud, good mud shedding your tire really is. Like, and let's be honest, gravel knobs are so small. I'm still under the impression. I don't even know if they work. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you're riding a gravel knob tire on dirt, like does it actually grip or is a slick tire the same? Yeah. Like these knobs are three mil tall. They don't bite anything. And for all the listeners out there, if you're, uh, if you're not racing, just, uh, just ride your bike. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's going to work. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really racing either, but yeah. But you want to do as yeah. well as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a, a bike setup nerd. So, yeah. which yeah. is cool. That's why I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I personally have found like a little knob on a gravel tire makes a difference, but only like you said, if it's like slick, right? Like if I'm coming out of like one of those creeks in Sycamore and I want to like, put a little power down right yeah but like if you're just cruising it doesn't matter like you'll still get yeah out. i mean so many of the you know gravel pros run slicks at all these events so yeah it's crazy yeah but hey i'm no gravel pro right what do Neither i Neither am i <laughs> gosh well hey this this is a perfect segue into this first question you know you want to read that one lane yes sir how do you go about gaining trust in tires i have some specialized tires on my newest bike that i'm not confident in but not sure if i don't like them or maybe I'm not riding well enough to get them working. I'm a beginner and immediate rider. I want new tires, but money and we'll ride these out if I can get comfy on them. Um, it's a good question. I mean, curious what specialized tires you do have. Um, and if like they're appropriate for your terrain, right? Like exactly. Are you on a stump jumper that came with like, what do they, those come with the like ground control or, or ground control or yeah, something? Yeah. Or like even that could be the wrong casing too. Yeah. Wrong casing. And you're trying to ride down enduro trails. Like, yeah, you probably need to bump up to, you know, a specialized tire line, a, a butcher or something, or, you know, something like a Maxxis minion or something other. Um, yeah. I mean, gaining trust as tires is just literally cornering them until you can figure out where the, where you going to slide out and then, see where that is yeah um test tire pressure too it's free to test tire pressure yeah that's what i was gonna say is like i would test your tire pressure go as low as you can so that before it starts to roll yeah um so you could just maximize the grip out of your tire and just make that consistent out of every ride make sure you're checking tire pressure with a gauge and um, just eliminate all the variables so that it's uh just consistent and yeah you can go before it starts to squirm once it starts to squirm add a couple psi and get used to them yep yeah check make check to make sure the casing <clears throat> is appropriate for your style of riding and style terrain that you're going to be riding on and um, that's the biggest thing always i mean go up a casing if you feel like it's not giving you enough confidence and um, it'll it give you a little bit more yeah i would also say when you're saying like eliminating variables like go ride a trail that you ride all the time yeah. you know that you're confident on first of all and then kind of like set up your bike how you would before i guess and then like, yeah, you can kind of eliminate variables like, oh, I don't really like how it corners and on this corner. Like, 
you know, or you, you can kind of like in, in your head, you know how certain tires are going to react on certain areas of the trail, right? So you can kind of think, oh, well, this tire reacts in this way. So then you can kind of compensate for those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if not, what tires were you running before? And did you have more confidence in those? Like, yeah. You know, and then maybe just it's worth, you know, whatever the, you know, I guess tires are quite expensive, you know, 180 bucks, but to swap them, like, confidence in tires to me is huge when, yeah. especially riding you know downhill pretty gnarly trails like you have the possibility of sliding off going off a cliff like just invest in the tire that you feel comf- confident in yeah mm-hmm. it's worth the peace of mind yeah just yeah. to invest in a tire that you're confident in for sure we got another tire question in we regards do. to tires what characteristics change when <clears throat> changing the width example currently running a two, 29 by 2.6 on a 30 millimeter rim on a 150 135 trail bike what would you expect if changing to a 2.3, same tire type and same rim? Hmm. Um, well, the first thing I would say if you change to a 2.3 is you're going to feel a lot more of the trail. It's going to become a lot less vague um, and you have to be a little bit more accurate with where you place the tire. Um, but it, some at the same time, the 2.3 could be a better feeling for you if you're looking for that. Um, if you kind of just want to roll over everything, the 2.6 will be good. But um, I personally do like the 2.3 in some cases um for that that kind of ac- accurate feeling you know yeah yeah i mean in that case i really like a 2.4 mm-hmm. i think it's a sweet spot mm-hmm. um another one is you'll feel probably the tire roll a little bit less in berms or hard pack stuff um which i don't want a tire to roll personally i don't like the way it feels you mean like uh squirm yeah squirm yeah squirm roll um yeah. Yeah, and then you'll feel snappier, even if it's not technically faster. Wider tires aren't always slower. Um, you'll feel like you're going faster because you feel more of the trail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the the actual like tire profile is going to change pretty significantly. Yeah. Like um, less two, volume, a, less volume for sure. So yep. it's going to feel like think of a balloon. The two point six is going to feel like an overinflated balloon compared to the two three. You're going to have a lot more rubber on the ground at one at one time. So yeah, um, just think about that as in a balloon shape and and kind of go. From often there. those big balloon tires kind of deflect oddly on like rocks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like they'll they'll kind of ping you side to side if they get that weird kind of like almost like wind up right is it'll kind of wind up and then like pop off so Mm -hmm. a smaller tire won't do that so yeah yeah also like it's not the worst idea to run like if you do have a 2.6 and a 2.3 just put the 2.3 out back and 2.6 in the front and you'll have a ton of grip in the front with that big big round tire and maybe a little bit more accurate in the rear and um that might be a good setup as well yep yeah. Yeah. I mean, coming from me, like I just ran 2.6s on my hardtail and I put 2.4s and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely is rolling a lot faster, but the grip is still there. Cause I got the forecaster up front and that thing grips like insanely good for that tire. It's yeah. like unbelievable actually. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, is everything all good over here? Cool. Just want to make sure the screen looks a little different. Um, sweet. Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, what would happen if I put Red Bull in my tires? This guy's asking. <laughs> Probably not very effective. <laughs> it might give you wings. Yeah. In the wrong, but it might not, in right? the wrong, in the wrong way, I would say. If you've ever opened a tire and, and, uh, there's no more sealant, it's all dried up and you've been maybe running through some water or washing your bike a bunch, you'll see a bunch of water in the tire and, uh, you can tell it doesn't, uh, keep the tire inflated very well. You'll have a, maybe a, a seal from the existing sealant 
But uh, yeah, Red Bull will not work in your tires. It won't seal anything, that's for sure. That's for sure, Mm -hmm. yeah. But like worst case scenario, I guess you could like stop and pop the bead and like drink it if you're needing some energy. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I would would not recommend that. I would not do that. No, yeah, I don't do that. Go to the gas station and get a Red Bull instead. It'll be be much more effective. Fine, Trevor. Gosh, (laughs) your freaking logic, dude. All right, Trevor, you read one. You read this one. This is a good one. All right. I just put new brake pads on my kid's bike. It's super small with 24-inch wheels and cable-actuated disc brakes. How would I go about bedding in those pads for him? Just in general, how do you do that for bikes that are too big and are too small? Thanks in advance. So, I mean, I've have worked on a bunch of small kids bikes um i don't know if i have any experience like betting in new brakes on those necessarily but yeah, i would say on, uh, on scott's that, bike yeah. yeah i guess yeah maybe on that um i would say that go find a i mean you can ride it just you probably won't be able to pedal it very well i would yeah. say go get a big hill go yeah. on a big hill walk up the hill get drive up the hill and then just uh coast down the hill bed the brakes in so what you want to do um if the person's asking how to do it um Yes, go to, go stop or hold the brakes in for till you come to a slow like walking pace and then let off do that like seven to ten times and brakes will feel great. Yeah, it's also um, if you just put new pads in, then it's probably a much quicker process than if you put rotors as well, right? Like he just yeah. tends to do it for a few minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If your rotors yeah. already bedded in, it speeds up the process yeah. quite a bit. Definitely a good a good uh practice to do though to make sure your brake is feeling as good as possible especially if it's uh, your kid's bike you want to make sure his brakes are working to keep him safe definitely yep. mm-hmm. yeah that's a good dad right there yeah. if the bike is too big however i mean i don't really get that problem too much because i'm tall but um i would say maybe take the seat post out mm. and try and ride pull, it that way pull Walt Rough. yeah get a buddy who's <laughs> tall yeah exactly yeah um yeah Figure out a way, but get those brakes bedded in and brakes will feel good. Nice. Speaking of feeling good, how about an ad? And now, a word from our sponsors. Introducing Kashima Coated Cookware, where culinary excellence meets innovation. Elevate your cooking experience. Say goodbye to sticky pans and burnt meals. With Kashima Coated Cookware, enjoy effortless cooking and clean up easy every time. Unrivaled performance. Our advanced coating technology ensures even heat distribution. Preventing hotspots and ensuring your dishes are cooked to perfection. From amateur chefs to seasoned professionals, experience the difference with Kashima Coated Cookware, where quality, performance, and style converge. Upgrade your kitchen today and discover the joy of cooking with Kashima Coated Cookware. Bon appetit! And now, back to the show. We're back. Let's do it. Yeti SB165 conversion to 29-27 mullet with dual crown. Sounds pretty sick. Looking to do this conversion, but before throwing down for the dual crown, I wanted to get the WWC bros advice slash recommendations regarding this build. Specifically, can I put a dual crown up front? And if so, what are my limitations for travel and offset rake? What is the recommended offset travel or what would you do? Dogs rule, cats rule, but I have both. Dogs rule, cats drool. Mm. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I love dogs. I love dogs. They're they're probably the only pure thing in this entire world. I love dogs too. I got to see my family dog today. It's great. Yeah, she's great. You see cats like go wake up a dog for no reason, just start beating it. <laughs> dogs don't do that. Just saying. Liam back on his cat um, cat bashing. <laughs> mullets. It's one six five. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I believe the 165 is technically dual crown rated, so it is. you can do that. Yep. Um, I, I had mine up to 203 warranty. travel, 
The was stock, it 27.5? It was 27.5. Stock yeah. 203 and it rode pretty good. Front wheel is 27.5. Front wheel is 27. Yeah, full gotcha. 27.5 with 203 mil travel so, Fox 40. So with that said. Yeah, going with travel, that bike's 180 front. Yes. But going dual crown, you'll lose 10 mil. So I'd probably stick to about 180 on a dual crown going mullet. Uh-huh. Um, it'll slacken it out a touch, raise your BB a touch, but it won't like chopper that thing out. Um, so I try to go 180 on a dual crown. And then offset, that runs a 37 mil 27.5 offset. They don't, I don't think they make that in a dual crown, but I try to go as close to that number as possible because that's going to retain your trail of your bike, your bike's designed around. So, short which is offset. Like kind of like how you steer and turn the bike. Yeah, I think they might make a 2.9 dual crown, like a 45 offset. Well, I guess you're going 2.9. So that would be 42, but I think they're making like a 45 or 47. So I try to go. The lowest 2.9 offset you can with 180 mil travel, if I were to do that. Yeah, because you're kind of going on the extreme ends of both spectrums on opposite sides of the bike, right? Yeah. Like going high high raised up dual crown and low rear end. So it's yep. just going to be kind of a little bit strange. Yeah. But that's a, that's a sick bike, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I sure. mean, I think 180, I think he could even get away with 190. 2.9, 190, I think it'll prop it up too much. Think so? Yeah, personally. Or lower lower the stack of the of the stem. Yeah, lower stack, but you're still going to be raising BB by mm. choppering it out. That's my yeah. main. That's yeah. like my biggest concern mm-hmm. is raising your BB too much because like <clears throat> you obviously are basically a downhill bike. You want your BB to be pretty low. You're not pedaling it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying to climb it over rock gardens. Like you want that BB pretty low to the ground. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, would, I would imagine that's a park bike anyway. Right? Exactly, so. park bike or straight shuttle bike. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, low BBs. Is so good with that bike. Yeah. Nice. It's cool though. If you do that, send us pictures. We'd love to see that. Yeah, for real. That thing sounds pretty sweet. I love my SP165. Um, speaking of forks, would you use a Kashima coated pan or cookingware? <laughs> well, I don't know if there's that that's actually a thing. Um, <laughs> do, do they have if it I, was. I prefer performance elite, so <laughs> Just need something nonstick. Your performance yeah. elite pans. I, oh. I cook eggs pretty much every single morning on the same pan. And uh, lately it's been very nonstick, no matter how much olive oil I use to cook the eggs in. And You mean um, you mean it's been very sticky? It's been, yes, it's yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's been very sticky. You use and, olive oil to cook your eggs? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, I, I've, I heard. I've learned living with a fellow roommate who is Italian, you could just cook anything with olive oil. You, much you can. I just don't prefer Olive oil and eggs. Oh, yeah. Butter with eggs I is like really butter. good. It I like, provides that nice yeah. just fluffiness almost. I'm a butter and eggs kind of guy. Um, but, but my pans are also getting worn out from the nonstick. Yeah. I also heard you can add, a, like, do a combination of baking soda and water and wipe the inside of the pan, and it should bring back some of that nonstick coating. Hmm. Yeah. Honestly, the pan's so used, I'm probably getting some not good things in my body, so probably should <laughs> just get a new pan. Yeah, you see people who, like, they cut, they make something in the pan, and they, like, cut it in the pan. And then it's like you just got all those like metal yeah. files in yeah. there. Not My hard part like on is, yeah. oh. like Trevor, you have roommates and they don't respect your pan the way <laughs> you want to respect your pan, you know? See, we just use them a lot too. Yeah, so. true. We I got also, like four or five guys in that house or something. Uh, it's three of us right now. Oh. But, I mean, seems like co- it. cooking eggs every morning. It's, <laughs> yeah. That pan's abused. Yeah, yeah for cooking sure. for five probably. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you could use some kashita. If they had a kashima coated pan, I would for sure get it though. That sounds awesome. Yeah. If I mean, it would could, look cool too. If it could guarantee me three to five years of nonstick mm-hmm. of heavy abuse. That's pretty good. I got one of those, like it's called R pan or something like that. And it's nonstick, like cast iron. And it 
just recently lost its nonstick, but mm. we've had it for a few years. Yeah. But it's disappointing. Nonstick non- cast like iron. Nonstick cast. Well, they also have enameled cast iron. Mm. So it's basically a base cast iron with a coating on it. Gotcha. So it has like the heat retention properties of cast iron, but without the. Uh, I think I have one. That of might those, be the move. Actually. Yeah. That might be the move. I love cast iron, but the cleanup kind of sucks. So yeah. Yeah. having an enamel one would be pretty nice of it. It yeah. keeps, keeps that heat going too. Yeah. Or if you have like a super good season on your cast iron, it's mm-hmm. not as horrible to clean, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? We ride bikes. I feel like you, you, would, bikes, you would be the kind of guy to buy a brand new cast iron and spend the weekend seasoning it. Hey, Liam, you know, maybe I have done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I actually need to, I have like three or four cast iron pans that all need to be reseasoned yep. and it's going to take me in a whole day to do it. I'm the same way. There's like a little bit of rust on there and it's a pain. You got to like bake them in the it's oil. It's a pan. Stuff. Yeah. What? It's a pan. It's, <laughs> it's a pain. It's a pain. <laughs> but it is a pain okay so actually i found the tip is to use crisco um on your cast iron and season it in the oven like that it it comes out almost like uh super hydrophobic and like really good seasoning on there where you probably could do eggs or whatever crisco's like a fat right yeah crisco Mm -hmm. yeah it's like animal fat something like that cool but yeah that's what i would do and for your cooking tips come and tune into the mtb podcast (laughs) you don't know much about cooking (laughs) jared probably knows the most and it's about me (laughs) all right liam you want to read this next one Uh, yep do carbon handlebars wear out get weaker over time or do they or can they theoretically last as long as alloy bars so isn't this the other way around? Like, don't alloy bars get weaker over time? I think there are some UV properties to some carbon. Yeah. That like, I'm, I mean, like 10, 15 years. Yeah, if your might bike be is good. like out in the sun. It might be a good idea to replace them. Yeah. You know, um, I know like, I don't know, maybe I should look in this more since I do trail one, but I know like some older style road, road bikes that are carbon, like from being so much sun and just kind of age. They get a bit like weaker and flexier over time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that transfers to carbon bars. I don't know if having a painted clear coat over the top changes that effect, but I'm going to go ahead and say they last quite a long time. Same with alloy bars. Like, Longer than, you know, yeah, they're going to last. The only thing that's going to break them is like you breaking them. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if you have them after five years, I think you got quite a bit of use out of them, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. five, six years. Like, mm-hmm. You know, and if you only have one bike and, you know, trail one carbon bars, 125 bucks, like, you know, five years, six years, like 20 bucks a year. Yeah. 20 bucks a year. Maybe just grab a new pair just to ease your mind. But I'm not totally positive on that answer. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess none of us really hold on to a bike longer than a couple of years anyway. So no. it's a, uh, we're spoiled in that regard, but it's or handlebars it's, or handlebars. Yeah, exactly. My seats. Are old. That's true. You got old seats. I got old seats. Carbon rails? Yeah. Yeah, I had my road bike seat for a decade. Damn. Whoa. Ten years. Ten years. Seasoned. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> I bet that saddle's pretty well, non- it's probably comfortable. Non- non-stick, though. Non- <laughs> it's, got, it's got that yeah, gloss it on was. it. It was, yeah. But it ain't non-stink. <laughs> I mean, I don't think my saddle stinks, but... Hey, nobody's taint stinks, right? Um, Mine doesn't. So... <laughs> So, uh, Tia, yeah, we'll get back to you on that one. But as, as far as right now, no. Carbon handlebars don't get weaker over time. I mean, just riding them, I don't see how that would, I don't know. Yeah, no. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back in mountain biking after about 10 years off from the sport. Used to have hardtails and got my first full suspension bike this year, a Status 140 mullet trail bike. Raced it in the local XC races this last year. How much better slash faster would a XC full suspension bike be than the mullet trail bike I have been riding? Well. Depends on a, lot a couple of things. Yeah. A lot of factors. It's going to be, a, but... it's going to be, depends on what trail you're going to be riding and style you're going to be riding. But if you're doing like single track, it's going to be so much faster. Yeah. If you're doing downhill, it's going to be much slower. So it just depends on what you're doing. But um, if you're riding normal trails, yeah, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably quite a bit faster. Um, even just like what I've been riding my Revel Ranger on and just having that super fast, efficient platform, like to riding with some of my friends that are on trail bikes, like I just pull away from them on certain sections yeah. of the trail. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. Without trying. Yeah. Yeah. Like fast rolling tires, you have more efficient suspension. Your bikes, you know, is a slight gradient uphill. Like you're just pushing less weight. Like totally. Yeah. Yeah. It I all adds up. He does so. say he's racing local XC trail races. So yeah. Invest yeah. the money, get an XC trail bike. They've come a long way. They're yeah. so impressive now. So good. Um, they're so much fun to ride and they can handle a lot more than what they're advertised for. And um, yeah, I'm just, I, I love riding yeah. XC trail bikes. It's, it's the best. Agreed. Yeah. And you don't realize, but like my, my Druid is like 10 pounds heavier than my hardtail. And like, that makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. And like, I didn't even realize this until I was putting the Druid on top of Paige's car and I was like, oh my God, this thing is way heavier. I shouldn't do this again. <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. Yeah. No, like last time I did this, I had my hardtail and my gravel bike. It's like, you know, 20, 25 pounds. Like it's not a huge deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to riding with your friends, like, I mean, or, or yeah, a race, I mean, a full, like a full 29er, like 120 mil bike. I mean, yeah, that's probably going to be almost 10 pounds lighter than a status and it's going to roll faster. It's like, it's yeah. literally comes down to a numbers advantage at that point like you can it'll you can do things to your status to make it feel faster but it's not going to be as fast yep would recommend go ahead and do it would recommend if you've been thinking about it mm-hmm. Liam, you want to read that one next one yep hey guys love the show can you talk about the pros and cons of how of hot waxing your chain for mountain bikes i've been hot waxing for about a year now and i've doubled the chain life of my 12 speed chains well it sounds like you already know the pros <laughs> um I mean, the cons really to any hot wax is the time it takes. Yep. Um, it's so much time that I have not started doing it yet. I'm the same way. It's, I, uh, yeah. I think it would be cool to do it maybe on a road bike or XC bike um, if you really kind of care about that. Um, but yeah, I just, I put some uh, squirt lube on my bike and it is a good wax uh, based lube and it works pretty, pretty good and it doesn't take any time at all. So time yeah. is money sometimes and. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have time to wax your chain yeah chain waxing is like the the bicyclist's uh vegan diet anyone who <laughs> does chain waxing loves to tell you about they'll it they'll let you know about it they'll let you know how much better it is and how much time they saved and how much watts they're saving yeah um and whatever else and you know cons is nothing because it, it's so much better and uh you know they're saving watts and it really doesn't take that much time but it's pretty troublesome yeah so i have a question and this has been like the main qualm i've had with waxing chains is like you know i got a sick oil slick chain on my hardtail and like if i wax that it's not oil slick anymore right i mean it's gonna be like white 
or no. you can't even it's tell. Be clear. It's, it's clear. clear. It's clear. Wax. Yeah, it'll be clear. The oh. white, the white super wax chains you see is like a one-time use ceramic speed UFO chain. Okay. And that has like literally, I want to say it's like anywhere from 100 to 200 mile kind of distance on it before it's worn out. What? Yeah, those are race only chains. Whoa. And there's also, there's other companies that make like color waxes and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a process to do okay. that. You got to make sure your chain's clean, like so clean. Perfectly clean. And then, well, yeah, usually. And the other thing about it is you have to invest in an ultrasonic cleaner. I was going to say, you need to do that. Huh? Mm-hmm. So you want to ultrasonic <clears throat> clean your chain, get it literally bare metal. And then you put it in the crock pot and you soak your whole chain. You have to have the right temperature. It's got to be that perfect little in between because you want it liquid to coat everything, but you don't want to pull it out at full liquid because it's all going to come off. Mm-hmm. So it has to like kind of cool down to this right temp. That alone to me is just like I'm pretty patient with a lot of stuff, and that one's just a step too far yeah. for me. If you um, got like a super clean bike and you just are really into details and you uh, maybe are bored on a Saturday, sure, it'd be kind of a fun thing to try out. Yeah, um, but to do it. Uh, repetitively and consistently would I think get pretty fresh, fresh so after a while. How long does it last? I don't know if I missed that. Like, would like will it last like a season of riding or no, like no. No, 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 just like several It'll, weeks or yeah, if that. And you still have to top it off with a wax based loop. Oh, so you know it'll last maybe five to ten rides depending on duration and conditions, mm-hmm. and then you have to start topping off with a uh, you know usually. Say you use a ceramic speed wax or a silica based wax, um, you then use their equivalent liquid wax based lube mm. to top off your wax chain. Okay. So, you know, you're still topping off lube. You might not be doing it as often, but you're still doing it like every other time you would normally be lubing your chain. So, okay. You know, it, it saves some watts and it does, like he said, I think the biggest pro is probably how long it can, uh, Save, yeah. save the life of your chain and uh, chain rings and cassette. Yeah, yeah. You're, it, keeping, you're keeping dirt out of it and you're not attracting any additional yep. grime and grease. Like mm-hmm. a super wet lube is going to attract like a lot of a lot of dirt and it's going to turn into this like metallic-y grind paste that's just going to wear your whole drivetrain down. So it's kind of eliminating that. Okay. So yeah. So if you ride a lot in like inclement weather or like you have a lot of like muddy trails or puddles you're going through, like it might be better for that. But Maybe. then it, it might then come again, off. It fast. might come in off the, faster. In, in the uh, water, it might still come off yeah. fast. You might need a wet lube at that point. So yep. <clears throat> it's I, tough. I think they make some wet wax lubes, but I've heard mixed reports on those. Interesting. If, if you're if you're down for the process and you're into the process, do it. It should be. It'll be fun thing to do. But so if you're not, then just I, lubricate. I think there's a website called Zero Friction Facts. I believe that's still operating. Huh. Um, and that is a rabbit hole if you want to look at <laughs> chain lubes and testing and what lasts the longest and stuff. I don't really think they test how fast it is, but they test what, like, how much What's money it saves over your chain. Zero friction cycling. Zero friction cycling. Yeah, very yes. interesting. Yeah. Um, so another random question about this. So if I'm, like, I go for a ride, whatever, what if I go ride in the mud and, like, you, I would just clean my chain like I normally would, and they're still going to have residual wax on there since I waxed it. Like if I degrease my drivetrain, or is it going to rip all that? No, if you wax degrease off? it, it'll pull your wax off. So then, you don't really degrease. So what do you do? Like unless it, you're unless you're going to rewax it. So mm-hmm. if you just like get your bike thrashed and it got a wax chain, you just throw it in the stand and just don't touch your chain. Well, I'm not a full blown waxer, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. Um, but I think if it's thrashed, you probably ultrasonic clean it and rewax it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I mean, it's tough when your bike gets really dirty. You are going to want to clean it off pretty good anyway. So yeah. um, it's kind of just the the con of riding in the mud. You have to clean it pretty good afterwards. Otherwise, sure. you're just going to yeah wear out your stuff faster. Yep. Wow. That's a rabbit hole, man. Let me tell you. It's it is definitely a, a rabbit I, I've hole. I've gone down the rabbit hole and I came slightly out of that one unfazed <laughs> um, to where I just landed on using squirt. I was like, you, you know. Recovered? Yeah, this this one. I mean, sometimes I get so deep in them, you know, I end up doing crazy stuff like cut off, cut off, <laughs> cut off the little knobs things. Yeah, on the tires. Totally doing that. That was insane. Liam <laughs> <laughs> was cutting off the little, the little tiny oh, things I, from I, your I, tires. I, I showed new. up to work today and I saw Liam cutting the the little hairs off of Continental tires today, <laughs> and like, I was like, doing, man? little judged um, or judged him a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I admitted right away to being a head case. Yeah, you know? he did. He doesn't <laughs> deny it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> full on head case. But yeah, I mean. For me personally, and riding a lot of mountain bikes, um, I do think waxing change is definitely leaning towards the roady gravel side. Uh, squirt lube works really well. It's quite affordable for the long run. Um, if you use it right, you let it put on the day before, you let it dry. My drivetrain is spotless almost all the time. I barely get gunk on it. Yeah, It's easy to clean. I probably put lube on every... I don't know, maybe, every other ride? yeah, every other, maybe sometimes every three rides and like, wow. really, yeah, like, um, you know, I'd, I'd probably say I put lube on every six to eight hours of riding. Mm. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been using it and it's definitely impressive. And like you, like you said, it does keep a lot of gunk off your drivetrain that yeah. like accumulates, like, you know, I do like the muck off stuff, but it does get your drivetrain all gunked up. And like, yeah. I noticed my pulley wheels just have a ton of crap on them. Yeah. But I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the, the gunky stuff. It just yeah. keep, gets things pretty dirty and the wax, the wax based lube kind of comes off dry. And I do a little tap test where I'll tap the chain with my, with my finger. And if I f- can hear the bearings inside moving, then it's time to, time to re-lube it. And yep. um, yeah, that's a good advice. Mm-hmm. Tap test. Yeah. yeah you can, you can and, hear it all. Yeah. And it's easy. Like, you know, you do get done with the ride. Like I don't degrease my chain almost ever. No. You just literally wipe it down with the rag. Yeah. Wipe your pulleys and maybe your chain ring and then throw another coat on it, let it dry, and you're good to go. Like yep. simple. You know, you I'm not I only degrease my chain if I'm doing a really deep, deep clean mm-hmm. on my bike, and that's like three, four times a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't degrease my chain at all. Dude, I think you could moonlight as a squirt salesman. I just had that idea. Like you could sell the crap out of squirt. I mean, know? that's what I used personally I'm, too. I'm yeah, about to get it and me and the room right use it too and Put all the bikes to the shop and yeah. I'm I also just like the bigger bottle that it comes, comes in a work with. comes yeah. in a work size shop bottle. bottle. It does. It lasted house? like six months and you work on bikes every day. Mm-hmm. For my house, it lasts me and my roommate use it. I think she uses it. And uh it lasts about a year at my house. So Wow. Mine's getting low. I'm I'm gonna have to call them out a little bit, the roommates. Yeah. They're uh, <laughs> having throw in. They're over lubing a little bit. <laughs> throw, throwing a couple bucks to me. Throwing some bills. Yeah. Seriously. Come on, guys. The lube supplier. Contribute yeah. to the lube fund, man. All right. All right. Next question. Next question. Hey guys, I have a tire question. Another one. More tires. Whoa. I have a twenty twenty two common saw meta HT that I adore. I'm currently running two point eight recons front Ooh. and rear. And love these tires in the snow and mud, but it is winter. What's winter? What's winter? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I was wondering if you guys have any tire suggestions for light trail riding in the summer for a hardtail. Hmm. um, To have efficiency, but also some traction to give. Thanks for the help. And Bean needs a sister or a brother. Wow. (laughs) Dude, you ready to be a two-parent Yeah, dude, I am ready. You know, we talked about it. (laughs) I I do want another animal. Bean's kind of lonely at home, huh? You know... 
don't know if she's lonely, but well, you don't uh, know if Bean gets along with other cats, huh? She never well, it takes her a cats? while. She's been takes on other cats, yeah. She takes her about a week to dogs? get warmed up to him. Yeah, honestly, yeah. she warmed up to like my family dog uh, quicker than other cats. Mm. I think with other cats, it's like a territorial thing. Yeah, you know, but other dogs are just like, yeah, you're cool. Like you're not, you're not in my game. You know, I don't worry about you. Um, I, but hey, do you know that bobcats are actually called uh, Robert Feline? <laughs> yeah, I did know that. <laughs> Robert Feline. Bobcat's short. Bobcat is short for, for Robert. Robert, Robert, Robert Feline. Feline. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I can help this guy out. He's running recons on his hardtail. Sound sounds like a guy. I know myself. Um, would you just go 2.6 recon? Well, here's the thing. I would honestly do what I'm doing right now, and that's 2.44 caster in the front, and a. I would either do a 2.4 recon or 2.35 icon, depending on how fast you want and how much traction. Mm. Because I have been like. I'm so about that combo right now. It is so good. So about it. So about that combo, dude. Yeah. It's super fast and uh, just rolls quickly. And also the traction is insane. I mean, if you're riding a hardtail, you're not doing anything like death defying, right? Like you don't need, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you you are. Maybe this guy is. He's on it. He's on a common song meta hardtail. He lives in Squamish and he's riding, you know. I think that thing's got like a 150 fork on it, dude. Really? I think so. Yeah, he probably is doing some gnarly, gnarly stuff. Side side story: I I was uh, <laughs> racing a uh, EWS practice day in Whistler, and uh, we were riding. Everyone was scared out of their mind, riding some double black trails in, in uh, the opposite side of Whistler. All the guys from Can or from California were just like, "How do we ride this?" And some kid comes up on a Chromag hardtail <laughs> and schools everybody. <laughs> just so, cleans it. Yeah, don't judge, <laughs> don't judge hardtails. There, uh, some people can rip yeah, those things. Tr- true story. Dude. I, uh, yeah. I have a similar story at Brack Epic at the top of Wheeler, Wheeler Pass, I think, the gnarly stage. Like, is that the hike a bike? The hike a bike. We hiked for two hours. Yeah. And then we went down a proper DH trail on XC bikes. And I was flying. I was like, I just hiked for so long. I'm just all, no, I'm just going for it. Like, didn't care about my tires. I was pretty upset, to be honest. So I was just getting <laughs> after it and taking it out on the trail. I caught one dude, but he was going good and he was on a hardtail. And then I passed him, and then he would just rode me all the way down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, like, at the bottom, you know, we were all stoked and, you know, high five because we got to an aid station. We were racing, but we were like, yeah, dude, that's so sick. Sick. We, I probably passed 30 people. <laughs> and, but but I was, was on a full – He was yeah. behind you the whole time? I, pa- I caught him, passed him, uh-huh. and then he stayed right on my wheel yeah. all the way down. He was on a hardtail, XC hardtail, and I was on an XC full suspension. Nice. Yeah. He's probably getting rowdy. Dude. Oh, he was – he probably it was. so fun. That yeah. sounds fun. I mean, you, you – can you guys know? <laughs> I, think, I, think I, I think I put like minutes on my partner. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, riding hardtails rowdy is fun, man. It just like gives you that like rowdy feeling like you're riding a buck and bronco and yeah. like, you know, you're just, you're in control, but you're not. You I know, think the I, edge of it. I think if I were in this guy's case um, and riding hardtail, I would put a, just a really fast rolling rear tire. And a grippy front tire, a little bit more knobby yeah. um, for the summertime, um, just so you're not going to be sliding out everywhere yeah. and yeah. you still have s- some good rolling speed on the rear tire. Um, that's what I would do. Yeah, I think a good rear two uh, could be like a Recon EXO Plus mm-hmm. oh. with like a forecaster front. Wow. Yeah. Or even a DHR2 front. Yeah, Tasteful. Sweet, sweet one. Yeah, DHR2 is a good front but tire that, for a little That Recon like, like EXO a... Plus is kind of a little sleeper in there. Yeah, you I know, forgot a, they made that case. Get a little that. bit of protection on that fast rolling tread. Jeez, sleeper. 
Dang, that is a sleeper, dude. How do you, how do you feel running recons front and rear on your hardtail? Do you feel yeah. like you lose traction on dusty, blown out conditions at all? No, I mean I did the two sixes, mm-hmm. so not quite as big as this guy, but uh, you can run low pressure on that. Yeah, I mean I was running uh, like twenty psi, twenty one psi in those, and the traction is really good. Just you kind of you get a little bit less rolling speed, which like when I went to the two four, you know, like you, you really like you're like whoa, those two sixes were a lot slower, like. But the grip is still there. Does it go back to what we were saying of like, do you feel faster because you have more trail feedback? No, I think I actually am moving faster, like average speed. And I'm pretty sure I am. Gotcha. But I mean, yeah. It is a hard thing to test. It is a hard thing to test. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you feel better on is the most important thing. I mean, I feel like being nope, a, you numbers can, are more important. <laughs> being like you could be more precise, like you were saying with that two, Drop three, two, life. four. You can be more precise with your lines, and like you are just rolling faster, so yeah. you kind of feel more like a scalpel than a sledgehammer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you feel feel better, then you probably are better. Feel better, ride better, look better. Yeah. All of the above, right, Liam? Do better. One percent. One percent better. Do better. If you can't be fast, look fast. Yeah. That's right. That's true. Yeah. That's right. Um, How are we looking here? Well, I think we can jump into the notes from episodes past. This one's pretty funny. In your last episode, when you threw out the bike named Sparky, I laughed so hard that I spit coffee all over my steering wheel. <laughs> I have a Scott Spark that I refer to as Sparky, much to the chagrin of my lovely wife. It's called Sparky on Strava Gear, but does not have its own social media page. <laughs> that would be a bridge too far. Love the podcast. Re- uh, reviewed five stars. Honestly, that's amazing. I love you that. You give this guy a gift card? I most definitely gave him a gift card, and I thought that was hilarious that Spark is named Sparky. Didn't we say that, too? It was like if I had an e-bike called Sparky. I also think that's funny because I went to ASU, and the mascot's name is Sparky. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of mascot do they have? Sun Devil. Sun Devil. He's a super creepy-looking guy. He is. Yeah. They He's actually tried it too, right? levels, yeah. I, th- I want to say they like tried to redo it in like the mid 2000s and it was even scarier. <laughs> and I, speaking of which, I don't know if you guys have seen like the Oregon Ducks mas- yeah, build the mascot. They tried to redo it in the mid 2000s as well, like early Scary. 2000s. And it's horrifying. Turned into a mighty duck. Yeah. It's like it was like a Nike. Uh, yeah. It was really scary. <laughs> Almost like dystopian. Like interesting. Yeah. Like that thing would come murder you in the middle of the night. Um, well, yeah. On that note. On that note. <laughs> Thanks hope you sleep well. Yeah, hope you sleep well. <laughs> don't be thinking about like computer-generated ducks or anything like that. That looks don't, super scary and murderous. Don't watch murder mysteries before bed. I'm yeah. definitely waking up in the middle of the night and just going to be a duck in my eyes. Just going to get cold sweats. The ducks, for the most part, are really cute and cool, but so they're trying to kill you. The mighty ones are scary. Geese are. Oh God, those are gnarly. Don't are those considered ducks? Geese. Uh, are they their own kind of section? I don't know what you called. What is it? A hundred uh, duck-sized horses. Or one horse-sized duck. <laughs> what? What would you rather get? One hundred horse-sized ducks. Wait, no, one horse-sized duck. one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses attacking you. Oh, the duck-sized horses would be so cute. <laughs> I would be <laughs> one. I don't think you could. A, a horse-sized duck would be gnarly. That was. So I would be that, that absolutely beak, horrified. That beak, it would eat you. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going with the horse no the duck-sized horses yeah i could probably fend them off yeah you can kick them as much as i would hate to kick them i'm just thinking i could outrun them probably <laughs> you think so I'm dude horses are horse, so fast but, but this tall dude i bet you that thing horses fast. also don't stop running they can just run till they die that's true so can i <laughs> so can i <laughs>
Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you listened thus far, we appreciate you so much. And if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and screenshot it and send it to podcast at worldwidecycler.com, we will give you a gift card. Do it. To the website. I don't know how much. $15. $15 to the website. $15. And uh, we will see you guys in the next one. Cheerio. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Love you.